0: Hey everyone. Before we get started on the stories, I need to give a few warnings. Both story one and story two mentions pedophilia, and story two also mentions rape. So if you want to avoid those stories, now you know. I'll also have them labeled in the timestamps in case you want to skip them. All that being said, let's go ahead and get started, and remember to always stay I'm a 23 year old female, but this event took place when I was 15. Growing up, my mom was an addict, my dad was absent, and my mom's boyfriend was abusive. Fighting, screaming, and chaos was typical. Dave, my mom's boyfriend at the time, was deep into drugs as well as my mom, and there'd be random strangers constantly in and out of the house at all hours of the day. Due to the absence of proper guardianship, I'm sure you can guess that I ended up in the wrong crowd. By age 13, I was sneaking out to meet boys, drinking, smoking, and doing other things a typical 13-year-old kid should never do. When I was 15, I met a boy named Tyler. I'm using his real name because fuck him. We met one night when me and a few friends were trying to find someone to buy us alcohol. Being stupid teenagers, we would usually just ask strangers who were going into the store. Just an FYI, it's kind of scary how many adults are willing to purchase alcohol for minors. Anyway, Tyler was the first person we'd asked that night. He said yes, got our drinks, and he met us in the parking lot where we were waiting for him. He asked us where we were headed and what we were getting into tonight. One of my friends who woke will call Sarah then told him, we're just hanging out, walking around. We lived in a big city with lots of busy streets, so we'd usually just walk around until we found something that caught our interest. But on this night, it was past 10 p.m. Everywhere was closing and the roads were emptying. Tyler then invited us to go with him in his car and drive around, and us being stupid kids went with him. Sarah and our other friend, who we'll call Kate, sat in the back together, and I was up in the front passenger seat. At the time, I was really excited that I got the front because I was honestly excited to sit by him. At the time, I thought he was a hotter, older guy with a car. I was way too naive to realize he was actually a creep. I thought the drive was fun at the time. He'd taken us on a back road that went alongside a river with trees and railroad tracks on the other side. He drove fast and he had his music turned up so loud that it was shaking the car. He started smoking a blunt and we all joined in on it. I was honestly having a good time. I didn't see the danger that I was putting myself in or the reckless behavior of this strange man that we just left with. He had bought us four locos and I'd been sipping on mine during the drive. At one point he had told me to chuck, which I stupidly did. Being a 5'4", 92-pound child, I inevitably got drunk. Some of that night is pretty faded, but I remember him placing his hand on my thigh. I didn't mind because I really thought that I liked him. By the end of the night, Sarah and Kate had to head home, and Tyler said he'd drop us all off at the store that we met at. Before I got out of the car, he had asked me for my phone number. I gave it to him and he then kissed me before I got out and started walking home with my friends. The rest of the night was a blur. The next morning, when I checked my phone, I had a text from him. It said something along the lines of, I want to see you again, and I had a good time. Again, being a naive 15-year-old, I was happy about this. The following weekend, we all met up again. He bought us drinks again, and we went for a ride again. He also drove fast, played loud music, and smoked and drank again, except this time he held my hand the entire time. One of the songs he played was really sexual, and in one part of the song, it was talking about laying you down and tasting you. He squeezed my hand gently and then smiled at me. This made me blush, but thinking about it now makes me feel so weird. Anyway, This became our routine. He'd pick us up nearly every weekend for months. Tyler and I eventually began dating even though I knew nothing about him. We'd never talk about ourselves because all we did was drive and listen to loud music. But again, I didn't see it as an issue. I thought this man was awesome. Until it happened. One of the weekends we were all supposed to meet... I got a text from him asking if it could just be me and him this time. Luckily, my instinct kicked in, and I then told him that I wasn't feeling well. I didn't want to ditch my friends because they were already on their way to meet me. The night went on as normal, us girls just hanging out on my porch gossiping when we saw his car. He drove really slowly past my house. He didn't stop, but instead just kept going down the road. I immediately felt guilty for lying to him, and within two minutes, I received a text message. Why did you lie to me? I replied, I'm not lying, they just brought me some snacks and were checking on me. Even though I was definitely continuing to lie, I remember him getting upset, saying that he should be the one to bring me thanks and to check on me. Again I was feeling guilty, up until Kate asked, Has he been here before? How'd he know where you live? That's when I think my brain finally started to be like, hey, this isn't right. Because we had always met him at the store, he's never picked me up or dropped me off at my house. I texted him again and I asked him how he knew where I was. And he played it off like he had accidentally stumbled upon my street and just so happened to be driving very slowly by my house specifically. Whatever. I didn't reply because I had been distracted by my friends. Eventually my friends left, and I had gone inside to get ready for bed. I showered, brushed my teeth, and turned on my TV for some background noise to drown out the sounds of whatever my mom and her people were doing downstairs in the basement. I remember waking up at 4.12am because I had checked my phone to see what time it was. I had a notification. It was a text from Tyler. It read. Can you meet me? It was sent just a few minutes ago, which I'm assuming is what woke me up. I texted back telling him I was asleep, but he insisted on seeing me. I had to firmly reply back no before turning my phone on Do Not Disturb and then going back to sleep. When I woke up that morning and turned my phone off Do Not Disturb, texts started to pour in, as well as missed call notifications. All from Tyler as I'm sure you already guessed. I read each one as they appeared on my screen, noticing his attitude and tone change throughout. He started off with saying that he missed me and just wanted to see me, but it soon turned darker and he was calling me disgusting names, saying that I used him for his car and alcohol, that I was a tease, etc. I had over 20 missed calls from him as well, but my heart sank to my stomach when I received a photo from him. It was a selfie of him holding a gun to his head. He was smiling with his eyes wide open. It scared me so bad, and I stupidly texted him back, which I'm sure was his goal. I told him that I was really sorry for falling asleep, and that I was tired, that I didn't mean to ignore him, etc. ''Can we meet?'' was his only response. I now felt creeped out and a little threatened by him, so I declined. I told him that I didn't think this was going to work out, then apologized, and then blocked his number, really thinking that that was the end of whatever that was, and I simply moved on from it. I would basically forgotten all about him, and he was just a memory me and my friend shared. A few weeks had passed, and I had gotten a message request from an account on Facebook. I didn't recognize the name, but I accepted it anyway to see what they'd said. It was a picture of my house. My heart felt like it had stopped and I felt the color rush from my face. I knew that it was Tyler. I messaged the account back and then said, leave me alone or I'll tell my stepdad. I didn't hear back for the rest of the day until late that night. It was around 11 o'clock and I was home alone for the night because my mom and her man went to the casino. I got a message another photo i remember feeling nervous scared and a bit worried i opened the message and it was a picture of me this time i was sitting on the edge of my bed looking at my phone i had on the previous day's outfit so he had taken the photo of me the night before that creep had been outside my window just last night watching me i don't know how long he was there i immediately began to panic not knowing how to handle the situation, when my phone got another message. Come outside, he said. I was frozen. I didn't know if he was trying to scare me or what his intentions were, but they weren't good. I didn't reply. I was way too scared to even move. I was completely frozen. Then another message. I'm at your door. I checked my ring camera, and sure enough... He was standing there on my front porch with his phone in his hand. He was typing. I was so scared that I called the police. They told me to stay in my room and to my door and to stay put until the cops arrive. The whole time he was still texting me, telling me to come to open the door, to come outside, that he's here waiting for me. I heard him try the door handle a few times, obviously trying to gain entrance. After about five minutes of complete and utter terror and fear, I heard the police sirens near my house. I felt a rush of relief come over me because I knew that it was almost over. They took him away in handcuffs, and he's still doing time in jail. The police found weapons, sex toys, drugs, and a gun in his car, along with all of the messages he'd sent me. They also charged him for me being a minor. I finally found out his age and it makes me sick to even say, but he was 28 years old at the time. I was 15. My mom eventually went to rehab and is doing better. We moved away from that city, and now I'm engaged to a wonderful, loving, safe man, and we have a baby boy on the way. My life has gotten better, and I'm happy, but I can't help but feel an overwhelming amount of fear whenever I think of Tyler. Will he try to find me when he's released? Will he do this again to another child? Girls and boys, please hang out with people your own age. Don't do what I did. And be sure to listen to your parents whenever they tell you to not talk to strangers. Stay safe out there. I need to start this off by explaining that as a kid, I was really bullied a lot so at first, I liked the attention, but it didn't last long. I was 15 when this started, and would go on and off for years afterwards. I dropped out of school for grade 10 due to some personal trauma, which isn't relevant to the story, but it led me to being really depressed, and unfortunately, I started taking drugs and drinking at that age. Because of this, I had finally become sociable enough to make some friends, and then someone introduced me to the guy who would later become my stalker. We'll call him Nathan because why not? Either way, I can't remember the exact situation of meeting him because I was on something at the time, but he was 19 turning 20, so he was able to buy alcohol, and well, that was good enough for me and my friends at the time. He already knew one of my friends I was with, but took a liking to me right away. He told us he'd buy us alcohol if I'd kiss him and agree to be his girlfriend. I said sure, just to get the bottle. Either way, it ended up being four of us drinking that day. Now, the friends that I had back then liked to drink and take drugs, and because we didn't want our parents to know, we didn't go to anyone's houses, so we drank in just a secluded park area. Once a guy later, my friends had made excuses to leave, and when I tried to head home, Both them and Nathan decided that I had to hang out with him alone. I told them I wasn't comfortable, but they all said I owed him for buying us alcohol. After they left, he forced himself on me. At the time, my reaction was to freeze, but because of that fact and the fact that I had been drinking, I told myself that it wasn't rape, so I told myself that at least he was my boyfriend to feel less gross about the fact that I barely knew him. I gave him my phone number, which was a landline, because this was way before cell phones were everywhere. He called me every day multiple times for like a week, then decided to come hang out. My parents had some family over, including my psycho aunt, but that's a whole other story on its own. But he decided to go out for a smoke and visit with her, and tried making friends with her and telling her he was in love with me. That definitely didn't help with the fact that I couldn't be less interested in him. He knew that I wasn't, or so he said because he ended up asking out one of my friends, which pissed me off. I found out because I ran into her, so I called him and I told him that I knew and that I was pissed. I said that we were over and that I didn't want to hear or see from him ever again. Then I hung up before he could even say anything back. This is where the stalking begins. He kept calling me daily even though I wouldn't talk to him. My parents never answered the phone, but eventually my sister picked up one of his calls. He spent an hour crying to her and begging her to have me talk to him, telling her it was a mistake. My sister took his side and tried to have me talk to him. I took the phone and just hung up. He then tried to contact my aunt that I mentioned above. He came to my house. This went on for a few weeks. So this is also when Facebook was just starting out. So he messaged all my friends asking them for help to make me talk to him and forgive him. When he realized it wasn't working, it died down. He would then appear on and off trying to contact me with fake accounts or with his own for about a year. During that time, I had gotten a new boyfriend, which didn't last for long, but he lost his mind over this. I got multiple messages telling me that I belonged to him, that I was a whore, and also begging for me to be with him. That relationship didn't last long, I just wasn't interested in dating anyone, I really thought things had finally ended. After that I made a new friend group, and again not in a good place mentally, my best friend said that a friend of his showed him this abandoned house that a bunch of his friends he knew would squat in, we would go to hang out there, and Nathan was there. Not only that, but he, I guess, was in charge as he found the house and he got to pick who was allowed in it. Everyone was just sitting in a room smoking weed, and once he saw me, he tried to have everyone leave the room so we could talk. I said no, and I begged my friend to leave. He didn't want to, though, as he had planned on spending the night there. I told him that I had to leave and then went home. When we met up a few days later, he told me that he was now dating Nathan. I told my friend what happened and I told him I was uncomfortable at which point they didn't stop seeing him. I said that it's a bad idea and they're gonna regret it but they just kept seeing him. Well what do you know? They regretted it. He stole a bunch of my friend's stuff and then got arrested and lost it all while he was in jail. Once he got out he contacted me and he started asking me to come get my friend's stuff. My friend had asked for their stuff back and Nathan ignored them just to have me get their stuff for them. But eventually, he gave up. At this point, I was trying to get my life back, and I was starting school again. I had dropped out for two years, and I really wanted to get my diploma. My friend had encouraged me to start at school with him, and I really loved this school. Most of the friends I have today are from that school. At this point, I had managed to block Nathan off for a few months, and things were finally over with. I met a guy that I actually liked. I started going out with my now husband at 17 and when Nathan heard I had a boyfriend, he of course lost his mind. He showed up at my school demanding I talk to him. I was really lucky at this point. I had some awesome friends who had told him to fuck off and came to my defense. He finally got the hint and I hadn't heard from him in months but then by chance i was at a mall shopping with my now husband we'll call him kai i was in a store by myself looking at stuff and i guess nathan was there by chance he started harassing me now kai was overly protective of me due to the stalking as well as the other dramatic events that led me to drop out of school at the beginning of the story plus it hadn't been confirmed at the time but i had been pretty sick and there was a possibility i was pregnant as soon as kai saw me backed into a corner and uncomfortable he grabbed me to leave and when nathan tried to object he told him if he ever comes near me again it'll be the last thing he ever does that pretty much wraps up my story except the last i heard about nathan was about a year or two after that i don't recall when exactly but he ran into my mom and had started asking her questions about me just being friendly i guess But when she mentioned I was seeing someone and that we had a baby, he lost his mind. He told her that it wasn't fair and that I should have had his kid. But I never heard from him about it. That's just what he said to her, so I'm not even sure if it's true. But that was 10 years ago, and I'm now happily married. I really believe that he decided to leave me alone because Kai scared him. He was a really big scary goth guy, and he isn't someone you'd want to meet in a dark alley. We've been married for years and we actually just had our fourth and final baby so to nathan if you're out there drop dead you were a real creep for going after a 15 year old child and you should be in jail my family and i have had a very weird year our house was broken into i was assaulted and close to being kidnapped I had a murderous stalker, and I witnessed someone being taken outside my home. But of course, as the year winds down, there's a new and much worse threat. I'm gonna call the stalker Ginge, because it's an ugly ginger. My sister, who is one of the targets of Ginge, is L, and my sister's friend, who's the other target, is S. This all revolves around them, but I accidentally forced myself into the danger. Elle was friends with Ginge for about two years. They were always together, but they were a year apart. I never liked Ginge, and I told Elle this all the time. The way I saw it, Ginge was manipulating her and influencing her decisions. Ginge even got a job where Elle worked. The first night of Thanksgiving when she was home from her first year in college, I was upstairs on my Xbox at 11 at night, when I got a notification that she was leaving from Life 360. That was weird, so I looked at the app, and she was at Ginge's house. My parents were freaking out about this because my sister told them nothing. I texted and asked if I needed to calm my parents down because you needed to save Ginge from killing himself. It turns out that I had hit the nail right on the head. He was threatening to kill himself, but I only knew part of the story. I didn't ever know how much of what was going on between them, but a few days later, I learned that Jinjin and had a falling out and were not speaking to one another. My sister also warned me to run away if I ever saw them in public. Nothing else happened for me until the start of Christmas break. Me and Elle were driving to Walmart for some stocking stuffers, and she kept looking at her phone very angrily. I asked her what was wrong and she said that Jinge was turning her friends against her with manipulation. I, as her brother, was pissed, even though I didn't know everything. At two in the morning, I snuck out to his house and I keyed his car. I even left the thing I did it with on the hood of the car. Well, about two days later, I was getting the mail, and I found that thing in my mailbox. Things weren't looking good, but nothing more has happened to me. Now I'm going to fill in the holes in the story that I just learned on Christmas night. My sister got a call from Ginge saying he was going to kill himself. So she rushed over to save him and called the cops for him. The cops didn't show up for over an hour. The next day she got a hysterical call from S saying that Ginge had been yelling that he was going to kill S and himself. My sister called Ginge and started telling him that he was way out of line. Then he said he was going to kill all three of them, including himself. That night, she was getting spammed by a random number to give her the code to get into the gate. L and S were both in my house, and the random number was Ginge. He never made it in, but that night we heard several gunshots coming from the same direction of the gate after we ignored him. He was coming to kill them. This was not the first time he tried to kill L and S. He showed up at S.'s house another night, and my sister was hiding in the dark house with a taser. They called the cops again, and they took over four hours to show up this time. They went looking for him to bring him home because his parents were worried instead of arresting him. The cops never found him, but he found S and L a couple more times, which involved lots of yelling and L tasing him. Now Jinj has successfully convinced multiple people that L is trying to manipulate him and everyone else into making him look like the bad guy, when in reality it's him that's pulling the strings. I have honestly been contemplating jail time for a few days now, because he needs to be silenced before L or S is. As the new year draws closer, he will not want to live anymore, and he'll be taking one of them with him if he commits suicide. I formulated a plan though. I've filed a report to his place of work that he's been drinking under rage and on duty. This will get him fired, and he's under investigation now. Once he's fired, he'll be so miserable and depressed that he'll actually kill himself. Of course, this may make him reckless and come for L when he's about to do it. This means that until he's dead, I'll have my hunting knife at my side, and I will not let L out of my sight. I've also advised S to go into hiding, If he comes for either of them or takes one, I'm going after him and killing him without hesitation. I don't even care if I go to jail. Both L and S are thinking about taking Ginge to court as of now, and they really think they could get him put away for years. I don't even know the worst parts, as L says that I would go kill him right now if I knew everything. Maybe all this sounds like a joke to some people but constantly having to watch not just your back, but also two other people's, and knowing a psychopath is trying to kill them. Well, that's not a fun feeling. It feels like a bad horror movie, but I know that I have to be the one to take him down. I was the only one who ever saw that he was unhinged and manipulating everyone. My sister sees now that that's what he's doing, but she's still not able to see him for who he really is. She says that if she had a gun pointed at his head and he just killed S, that she wouldn't be able to pull the trigger. This is why I have to be the one to expose him and take him down, even if it means I have to spend my life behind bars. I'm willing to protect my sister at all costs. Hey everyone. That's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send you can send it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day everyone and remember to always stay.